Hello and welcome to UE Bristol's Let's Talk Now podcast. In this brand new series, we're tackling the stigma around mental health by encouraging everyday conversations and sharing positive stories from our students, staff and partners about mental health and wellbeing. In this episode, Harriet and Martin, both staff here at UE Bristol, discuss the importance of self-awareness and learning how to cope with periods of high anxiety and OCD. Yeah, I mean, I, I struggled as a student at university. Um, and my struggles did sort of start at about 18, so sort of the start of my adult life, really, when I was doing a, a gap year in India. Um, and I think was thrown into something that was perhaps a bit too much for me at that age. Um, I didn't reach out for support from my family and kind of suffered in silence, really, um, and was hit by these feelings that I didn't really understand, that I hadn't experienced before. I was in a foreign country, um, and sort of for six months, the six-month duration that I was away, I really wrestled with feelings of Mm. chronic anxiety and depression, Mm. but didn't feel able to say this isn't right, I'm not comfortable here, I'm going home. Mm. So all that sort of was bottled up for six months until I got on that plane back to Heathrow and then it all came out. Um, and within then within a matter of weeks, I was off to university with my deferred place that I'd, that I'd applied mm. for, I'd worked very hard for yeah. and was encouraged very much by my family that I should... I should go ahead and I should start university, mm. even though I was looking back, I was in no way resilient enough to take that next step. I needed to recover from what had just happened. But but off I went and mm. cried my heart out in that mm. in that room on mm. that first night. Um yeah. <laughs> it must have been really difficult for you to have gone through that in in a place where you were away from family and friends and all those support networks that yeah, yeah you've normally so. got. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think at 18, I didn't have the maturity, perhaps in the life experience, to judge things in the way that maybe I would now. Mm. Um, and yeah. I didn't feel able to say, partly because of society at that time, I guess, didn't feel able to say, I'm feeling this way, I really need some help. Mm. Um, I just kind of thought, what's what's wrong with me? Why am I not kind of coping with this in the way that I could see that my peers were? Yeah. And I was also in a culture that was not geared up for any real understanding of mental health at that time. Mm. So it was a funny old experience. Yeah, I don't think I've had the experience that that you had. You know, mm. where things were so perhaps so so intense, but mm. it's. You know, it's for, it's for me. It's been times when, um, I, I I guess you feel like lots and lots of things adding up. Yeah. One, you know, on top yeah. of each other, and the more that happens, the more you feel less able to deal with it. So, mm. the it's a bit like waking up in the middle of the night, isn't it? You know, mm. sometimes if you wake up in the middle of the night and there's lots of things on your mind. They seem so enormous. Yes. Oh, the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then in the next day, you know, you you get a better perspective on it. And when you've got that going on, and it you know it makes you feel perhaps sort of anxious and things. It's a bit like that. You just become a little bit more irrational about mm, it. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think there's a fine. The rational and the irrational is a 
is an interesting one, I mm. think. And the mind's ability to make the very, very irrational seem very real mm. and very true. Yeah. I've found staggering, really. Yeah. And when in periods when I've been totally have been well, I've been looked back on episodes of being very unwell mm. and almost unable to believe the things that I thought yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, I could almost laugh about it now, but at mm. the time, um, yeah, it was it was so real. Um, yeah, your own interpretation of what's real, your own reality yeah, yes, sort of yeah. t- takes over in those periods, mm. doesn't it? And you're not you're not seeing those different perspectives, which I, I, I guess having a conversation like we're having now could really help with sometimes, you know, mm. because you just get a, a yeah. fresher perspective on things. Yeah. 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 It's those, those old CBT tricks, I think, that I feel like I've been sort of learning on and off mm. since I was 18, really. And now I suppose feel like I've got to a point where I can really use those strategies. Yeah. And wouldn't necessarily need to sit down with a therapist to mm. re- learn them again and sort of figured out what works mm. for me. And um, but it's taken a. Well, I'm forty now, which I think is why I'm doing this, <laughs> doing this thing. I'm yeah. forty, and yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the world. Yeah. Um, and but I feel like it's probably taken me this long to hone those coping mechanisms and understand them and. Yeah, believe that they can help me. But it's also getting yourself into a place where you you feel comfortable to do it, and that's part of the journey you're on, I, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I do feel like I'm. It's mental, mental health and well being is a bit of a journey, isn't it? And and of self awareness, really, isn't it? And acceptance, maybe. I feel I can accept now who I am, in a way that I absolutely couldn't when I was. Between 18 and about 25, I think I found things extremely difficult um, and hoped and wanted to be somebody different and wanted to be kind of cured and completely different. And I I didn't, couldn't understand why things weren't changing. And and then I I got to a point where I realised, no, this is who I am and this is how things are and it's up to me to make to make the best of this and find ways to um, cope with the difficult times, really. Yeah. Um, and sort of feel, I suppose, that, you know, if you are suffering from anxiety or you've got, you know, lots and lots of things going on, that that actually that anxiety is yours and it's part of you. Yes. And it's, you know, it's not an, an alien thing that sits out there some, no. somewhere. Uh, you know, no. it's, it's part of who you are yeah. and, and you don't necessarily need to to change it, um, but also that, yeah, there might be some bad times that come along and there might be some some, some darker times, but mm. when you've gone through it a few times, you know what to expect and you can, mm. you know, you were saying, you can, you've got mechanisms and you know, mm. some of the CBT techniques and things that you've learned along the way, mm. you can put those in and, yeah. you know, perhaps hopefully it will never be quite as bad again no I think you take incredible strength don't you from coming through periods of being of struggling in whatever Mm. way that might be 
I th- and I th- I'd say that's become one of my coping strategies. I kind of think, oh, right, OK, I've been here before and I'll and this is likely to happen again. So um, I'll ride the storm and dig into my coping strategies and go for a run or do whatever. Because yeah. um, in more recent years, my anxiety's kind of gone down more of a sort of OCD type okay. route. So I have... Um, various things it and it wasn't this at 18 it was much more generalized but yeah for whatever reason it sort of manifests itself I think when I my career took a detour into a healthcare profession I realized actually there were quite a lot of triggers in that Mm. environment um you know so I can um I can spot a speck of blood a mile off right yeah um yeah or a used plaster or yeah anything that is slightly iffy. Get a trigger. Yeah. 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 But of course, one can never escape from these kind of things. They're no. everywhere, aren't yeah. they? So yeah. um, it's knowing that it's going to happen again and I can get through this and I can um, allow that anxiety sub- to subside. Yeah. Um, and it will subside and the kind of irrational thoughts that I've caught HIV or whatever will subside and I will get through the rest of the day and it'll be all right. Um, but in that moment, it's terrifying. I mean, I was just thinking about how, what coping mechanisms you can use in that situation, you know, where something mm. something triggers it like that. How do, you, how do you deal with that in the moment? Well, I think it's that, that the, classic, the classic thing you want to do, it's that fight or flight, isn't it? And the, one wants to just run away sure. and uh, as fast as possible. Um, and avoid avoid situations that will yeah. will expose you to that in the first place. But mm. um, and I, I think the di- you know deep breathing, not running, not physically running away, mm. but just giving yourself time to let the adrenaline sort of leave your body, really. Sure, and just sort of accepting that peak in feeling of panic i suppose um and knowing that it will subside you've been listening to the let's talk now podcast part of you bristol's mental wealth lab initiative you can let us know what you thought of this episode by getting in touch with us via twitter at ue bristol use the hashtag let's talk now if you're interested in being part of future podcasts we'd also love to hear from you until next time take care And thanks for listening.